Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. I also know that we suck right now, as bad as you can be. Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage, the perfect day to talk about the Cubs. And Mark, Mark Grody over there, did you notice we had a new voice added to the Saturday Suckage chorus? Did you notice that? I noticed intro? it, but I don't know. that. It sounded like Rick Hahn. Who was it? It can't be Rick Hahn. <laughs> no, he would not be saying that. No. Maybe Jed, Jed should, if you're talking local, Jed should be saying that. But Mike Rankin, our producer du jour... Who has real? Who has real? Has a cultural chasm. We're gonna go there right, like right away. Cultural guys. Yeah. Why don't you just play that again, Mike Rankin? I also know that we suck right now. Doesn't that sound like Rick Hahn? Am I crazy? I mean, I know it's not, but but it does sound like manager in a baseball of a major league baseball team. It would be Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman. Oh, oh, wow. Yankees general manager. Hold on. How about uh, that? Yeah, he joined. I mean, we got a pretty. We're we're gaining all sorts of Saturday suckage voices with the likes of Brian Cashman, the socially disconnected producer. Yeah, and Mike Tomlin. I also know that we suck right now, as bad as you can be. Yeah, 
That's Brian Cashman. We have as bad as you can be. Now, now I'm curious about what's going on with them Yankees, and the Yankees are 41 and 39, nine and a half back in the American League East. What does that make the Cubs then at 42 and 47 and a half back in the very average National League Central? Well, maybe they're not average because Milwaukee's pretty damn good all of a sudden. Well, it makes them a good topic for Saturday suckage. We have much to do on Saturday suckage. So much going on. Yeah. But that's a good place to start. The Cubs, here, here's Chicago baseball, and it couldn't be more striking and more telling. The Cubs are seven and a half games behind the, the aforementioned Brewers. That is the biggest gap between first and second place in any major league division. The White Sox, meanwhile, are six games better than the Cleveland Indians. That there is the biggest lead that uh, in the in the AL, biggest lead in the AL, six games over Cleveland. That's your division lead, the biggest division lead. So both teams have had, you know, enduring have had to endure injuries and lost critical players. You got one team showing its depth and its smarts, and its organizational commitment and resilience, top to bottom. And then you have the Cubs. Where's your stars? Where's your depth? Where's your system? Where's your organizational progress? I also know that we suck right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and 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 here's here's what you're you're looking at. You're looking at a Cubs team that is... Foundering around, you'd almost think this was the playoffs. They suck so bad. Right. And and if you heard Jed Hoyer yesterday, he was talking about he was optimistic when they sucked, when they when they <laughs> lost the lead in in the in June, when they had a great May and started off June okay against a tough schedule, and then they just went right in the toilet. And they're still there with seven straight losses. He found he he criticized the offense because they weren't producing late in the game. We said, you can't have your bullpen be perfect every night. It's not going to happen. And he still likes their bullpen, and that's fine. And then he talked about one thing I thought we were doing at the end. One hopeful sign was that we were taking walks. They go into Cincinnati. They lose 2-1. to They do nothing late. They do nothing at all, almost. They walk twice. Two walks. And here's what's making things even worse. They're one player with a B-hack on their team. The one guy who can adjust, mm-hmm. right? In first base, huh? yeah, Rizzo. Yeah. yeah. Well, according to Sahad of Sharma, over his last 14 games, which covers 51 plate appearances, Anthony Rizzo has 17 strikeouts. That there is a 33.3% strikeout rate. His strikeout rate for the season is still strong at 15.4%. But that, but Sahadov could only find one 14-game stretch since 2013 that equals or exceeds the K percentage, and it happened in 2014. The one guy with a B-hack, the one guy who who, who usually gets out of this is sucking worse than ever. All they do is strike out. They're back to every old habit. You've watched this. What? It's like they've learned nothing, like they've adjusted well, to nothing. It, it, it's well put, and one of the things that you mentioned was playoff mode. And this mm-hmm. is Cubs playoff mode because they actually, last night anyway, received good pitching. Alec Mills was very good. You yeah. Know, struck out nine. 
Millsy with nine strikeouts to one walk over a strong five and two-thirds. But the Cubs weren't hitting, and here's the worst part about it. The Reds are have a terrible bullpen. One of the worst, like if you just go by ERA, they are the worst. And the Cubs were beaten essentially by five bullpenners by the Cincinnati Reds. And you could handle that from a, a good team or an average bullpen, but that was not the case. And that is exactly, not necessarily bullpens beating them in the postseason, but the, the kind of excruciating lack of bats that we've seen since 2017 in games that count. That, uh, that's exactly what happened last night. And even the Cubs bowl, I mean, bad moment for everybody last night when you know David Ross comes out, takes out Alec Mills, puts in Adam Morgan, Morgan allows a two-run double to to Joey Votto, and essentially there's your ball game last night. So yeah, I mean you just circle last night's game, and that that is the the pain that the Cubs and the Cubs fans have dealt with for three years. And 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 that is a salient point. If you've seen this for three years, if you've seen okay, it's a high 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 fastball, they can't hit it and can't lay off it. It's like it's like what Gina Davis said about Lori Petty in A League of Their Own. You know, high heat, can't lay off it, can't catch up to it. And the Cubs are suckers for that every time. We, but they, You can give them this. They bought into launch angle no matter where the pitch is. They've yet to adjust. They've yet to learn. They've yet to show any ability to play any other baseball except slug. That's it. And you've seen it year after. How many years past that World Series are we, by the way? Do the math for me. Well, that yeah, that that'd be five years because that was 2016. Did did I do that right? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, that's five. As many fingers as I'm holding up, which also did I do looks good? Like, yeah, you did good. You did good. <laughs> count on count Grody. So, so I could hold that up and use it as a stop sign to the Heisman. Why do you want to keep any of these guys around? What have they shown you? They've shown you a World Series. They brought you a World Series. For that, they'll be heroes. And and forever, and certainly, certainly people who who are are part of the lore, they, they, the the legendary breaking of that horrible streak, the worst in major league sports. The the point is, why should any of them be untradeable? You can have all the favorites you want. Stop being a Cub fan who loved all the favorites of the choking '69 Cubs. They had Hall of Famers. They had guys who were wonderful. They were great people. They were great players to watch. It was great fun, and they choked, and they lost. Here you have guys who changed the calculus. This is now a prison by which you evaluate players who could win. These guys they, they were all, have found ways to get worse every year, fall one, one tier short since that World Series. And every time they've gotten to the playoffs or gotten to a wild card game or any kind of playoff game, they suck. Nobody hits. They don't do it. And now you've reached another point. Before, you used to be able to feel good. Jed Hoyer feels good about his bullpen. I can't knock that. I like. I mean, Craig Kimbrell is the greatest trade bait out there. The Braves and Jays are looking for pitching, and that there you go. That's that's where he should go. But the the um, the starting pitching now. They quit on the season when they traded Darvish. 
and then they bring back Jake Arrieta. So I'll present you this choice. And remember, death is not an option, Mark. Yes. Jake Arrieta staying in the rotation or the Cubs having zero idea who'd replace him. (laughs) Do you know how bad Jake Arrieta is? (laughs) Tell me. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. He has a minus 1.5 war, according to... I knew that. What else you got? All right. Well, that means he's cost the Cubs a game and a half. He's worse than any replacement pitcher by a game and a half. John Lester, who's been bad, he's at minus 0.6. So he's almost a full game better than Arietta while, suck, by, by, than Arietta while sucking his, his own damn self. And you are dealing with a team, an organization, I, organizational failure from the pitcher himself. Remember when he was, the Cubs were supposed to say, the Cubs did say, and Jake did say, they know me, and the Cubs said, we know him, we can we can make this work, we can get him better. Well, he's gotten worse. He's gotten worse each day of the season, it seems like. So there's the pitcher, the pitching coach, the manager, the general manager, the organizational failure, that you have to keep him there because you have nobody better than a, than a, than a, than a player who's cost you a game and a half. You're telling me you have, don't have a... A repl- average replacement player is 0.0 player, Mr. Blutarski. This is an organizational failure and embarrassment. And and he represents where this team is following the ownership quitting on the season by making the general manager get rid of Darvish. I don't, if you've got another way of looking at it, share it with me. If, you've got, if you want to be positive about it, share it with me. I can't be positive about it, but I can tell you who I think is going to start in his place next time around. I think it's going to be Cole Stewart. He was just... <laughs> he was just... What this made is not you a, drop into that voice? Yeah, well, Stewart. It's like, it's like Beavis and Butthead meets right. the, the Californians. The Californians skit. Oh, the Californians. Stewart, uh, I took the... I don't know. What are the highways in California? You know that better than I do, Stevie Sunshine. San Diego Freeway or the 405. Everybody likes numbers. The 405 to the... Uh-huh. Take 405 to the 710, or you can take the 101. Uh, take the 134 to the 101. You can take it to the 5. You can take it to the, five, the 405. <laughs> but Stewart um, has been... Has returned... To the real Cubs, he pitched four scoreless, hitless innings and struck out three in his only minor league outing after, you know, rehabbing from an injury. So I think, I, I believe that I have, this is just my guess, but I am I am solving the mystery of for David Ross of, hey, who would we replace him with? So I, I believe that he will be the guy. But you are spot on. The the Jake Arrieta thing, it's like, you know, when we used to do the whole Jim Hendry thing. The whole, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, win the division. Sure. <laughs> it, it's, I remember you said, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, hey, maybe yeah, and, we, and, we might win. Right, right, yeah. Why, what the heck? I, I like that. Thanks. Yeah, hey, um, that's a possibility. Somebody right, has but, to. But Jake Arrieta is kind of that. You want to sign Jake Arrieta? Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's sign Jake Arrieta. What the hell? Bring him back. It'll be fun. And the idea, too, that it, that this puts Jed Hoyer in a tough situation, it does, because I don't believe that he wanted to trade you, Darvish, because there were enough reports and inferences that that was a salary dump, and I've never heard that wholly denied. But the idea of, well, this is one of your greatest Cubs ever, 
at how do you just let this guy go or DFA him. It seems heartless. The Cubs already let Jake Arrieta go once. They already made their decision on Jake Arrieta once, and that's when they let him sign with Philadelphia and decided to go with Hugh Darvish, which ultimately maybe was a good decision. But in terms of the sentimental value, they did this already. We've done the... Thanks, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Oh, you're back, Jake. You know, like, like it's not like it, we would do another round of it. I promise you, like if Jake Arietta decides to retire or if he's DFA'd or traded or whatever, we're all going to do the, you know, the sentimental tweets. And, you know, maybe I'll put a picture up of Jake Arietta from 2016. But we've done this already. We did it already. So in terms of the, the dealing with the nostalgia and the legacy been there, done that. So now it's time to get a little heartless. It is. You have to. Yeah. I mean, I, it, nobody is the, the only barometer by which these players should be kept is whether they contribute to the next Cubs championship. And they don't look like any of them can or want to. Capable. They don't seem to be able to adjust. So you can you can hold on to your you know your your, your pet Cubs all you want, but you're that's all you will have. You won't have any kind of met. You'll have the 85 Bears is what you'll have, one and done. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. We're broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. And our show this week, coming up after our break here, we're going to talk with a guy who should be producing us, but he's not here. Trash Panda is doing something I did not know he was allowed to do legally, or in anybody's mind that this was a good thing. We will talk. He better not be field this. dressing. If he's field dressing an animal, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Uh, yeah. All right. He's not field dressing. That much I know. Okay. At noon, Rick Camp will join us again. Another former producer, but but he is um, he is he and Jay Zawaski are celebrating the hundredth episode of the I'm Fat podcast. And one of the things we need to know, this is the 4th of July weekend. So what happens on Coney Island on the 4th of July itself, Mark Grody? You know? And Nathan's what was famous, that? Nathan's famous hot dog eating Oh, contest. yeah. Well, That's we're right. gonna, there's a, com, a competitive eating couple the Tribune wrote about from Naperville that looks nothing like a competitive eating couple. He looks like a model, and she could too. And they have a little dog named Wiener naturally so <laughs> they have a wiener dog i should say not named wiener uh so we'll talk to him about that on the 100th episode they have quite the burger and pizza all not jake burger we'll talk about him too but jake but a burger that the i'm fat podcast has put together and then it won so what do you, what we've got to talk trades of the cubs we got to see who they're going to get rid of and we got to talk acquisitions about the white Sox. so we're going to talk to Bob Nightingale. He is a, a Odyssey radio insider, and insider calls are presented by BetQL. Mm. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. But first, we're going to visit with Trash Panda. Because he's been, this is, this is, I didn't believe it was happening. I still can't believe it's happening that he's missing this show for that reason. But we may be able to gin up a side hustle for him since, oh. yeah, 
Yeah, Saturday suckage. We have the power to do that. So we'll discuss that after this next on Chicago Sports Radio. This is Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to, Brian Catchman. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I also know that we suck right now, as bad as you can be. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. And then Lee Elia. Elia. Come on, look. Trash Panda. Wow. Trash Panda's got his favorite superhero music coming in. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage, which is usually produced by Trash Panda. But as we find in going to the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Trash Panda, (laughs) known by some as Adam Studzinski, is actually doing something I didn't think he was capable of, nor do I think he should ever do again, but he is. And... Trash Panda, tell everyone, share with the class, the class the true fact of why you're not producing this show and where you are and what you're about to do. Uh, well, in, in reality, guys, I didn't want to produce this week because the show sucks. And nice. I just, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. No. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I'm one of my best friends from college. And actually, well, two of my best friends, they're both friends of mine, are getting married today. And they asked me to be the officiant, so I am I am marrying two individuals, two my 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 one of my best friends and his lovely fiance to be wife today. Don't you have to have a license to do that? Did you have to go to school for that? (laughs) Exactly what I said. It it was actually actually guys shockingly easy to to get the right to marry people. I went on the internet. And Jesus. the the Universal Life Church is what it's called gave me gave me the the rights to marry people. It was super easy, unbelievably easy, actually. This this is why the divorce rate is so high. Is this what's going on in this country? Is this the way it works now? Anybody can get married, and anybody can marry them. I just marry the people. It's up to them if they stay together. Well, yeah, yeah. Imagine. A couple becoming lawfully wedded by a trash panda. <laughs> I mean, I, I but I have to say I this. Actually... I have to say this. Saturday Suckage continues to deliver quality content. We delivered World Series rings and now wedding rings. Right? We did. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, so, you know what? I'll still take mine 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> Actually, let's open that up to the to the texters. Real sidebar: Would you rather have a Cubs World Series ring right now, or the wedding ring you're wearing right now? And don't worry, you'll be anonymous on our show. Carry on. No, yeah, yeah, no, it's, no it's the wedding ring as officiated and presented by Trash Panda. That's, oh, that's exactly. the charm. That's the Saturday suckage thing. Two oh six texter. Oh my God, he's an ordained field dresser. <laughs> <laughs> So, so have you done, is this your first wedding? This is the first time I'm actually marrying someone yet. <laughs> so you, don't, you have no, coming. you, you had said earlier, there are only 
You can do whatever you want, but there are only two mandatory things, right? What are they? What do you yes. have to do that – what's mandatory? So the only things that have to happen in order for the marriage to be legal are – By they, you. I, they, have to, they have to take each other. So, like, when, when they ask at the wedding, like, oh, do, do, do you take whoever to be your wife? And do you take whoever to be your husband? That has to happen. They have to be, like, willing and voluntary participants, basically. And then the only other thing is me pronouncing them man, man and wife. So really, like, all the ceremony at every wedding you've ever been to, I didn't even know this until I, until I figured out what I have to do for the wedding. Everything except for those two things is complete hogwash. It doesn't need to happen. Every ceremony can be two minutes long. But, it's not you know. hogwash. It's a it's <laughs> the the choice of the bride and groom and how they want to. <laughs> they they sorry, have the ch- choice of that. Pres- I don't know. I, I pressed the wrong button on my phone. My bad, guys. Yeah. Is that your is so that thought... your song? What? What, what? what is happening right now? Yeah, why? But all of a sudden, music, your, I thought we were getting I thought, civil music. I thought Trash I did Panda. that, and I wasn't even near the. <laughs> no, I thought it was me. Welcome so, to Saturday Suckage, my Greg. I pressed the wrong button on my phone, and it put you guys on hold on my phone. Why do you have a Why do you, you have a button? Why do you have a button for that song? I don't. It. I don't know. I don't know what you what. I didn't know that happened. I don't know what was. I don't know. I didn't hear anything other than. Look, if you hey, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be marrying people, you need to get your bleep together, trash panda. <laughs> hey, I have everything together for the ceremony. It's this segment that I apparently don't have everything together for. Yeah, well, par for the course. Par for the course for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and now everybody has heard why Trash Panda is a producer of Saturday Suckage on a fairly regular basis, and he'll be back Monday. When we when we have our suckathon, it'll be five hours from seven a.m. till noon, and and he'll be back in time with stories to regale us about the about the wedding and and I do I do think so so you would say anything the bride and groom asked you to say as part of your they could they could recite their own vows, but you would say yeah. anything that they asked you to say. So if if you if if the groom said, I want you to say, turn to the bride and say, and or turn to the groom and say, and you, you lucky bastard, do you take <laughs> this moment? So you would say that. Yeah, I I might even say that today, actually. I mean, it might, my friend definitely outkicked his coverage. So, um, wow. That, but yeah, that'd like, be good, because you want that on the wedding video. You want the video, <laughs> videographer to just choke on that. That and would be mother, that would be pretty funny. The, mother of the bride, she'd appreciate that too. Does she have <laughs> pearls? She can clutch. Uh, yeah, that's sorry, you guys question. asked me what. Uh, Grody asked if I get paid. No, I'm not getting paid. Um, part of my present to them is the me doing the wedding. Is what wow. I decided. And I, and I also we also got them a you know a, a nice gift as well. So. Okay. So no, I'm not getting paid. Can. So get, do, yeah, can, can we yeah. use this as a platform to get you a side hustle? Can <laughs> hey, we, can we mean, help? Can, yeah. If if people want to reach out to me and want me to marry them, then I'm I'm willing to do it. 
Well, look, we're you're a monetary getting... fee. I, there's this, the friend fee is free, but if I don't know you, we're going to have to talk to you. Okay, but, but a young couple being married by a trash panda, they'd certainly yeah. have a story to tell. And what about older couples wanting to renew their vows mm. with the young happening trash panda, do it in trash panda style? And he would he would offer you know group field dressing as part of <laughs> part of the group part of the reception. Lessons, yeah. Lessons, well, instead lessons, of doing instead yeah. instead of doing the macarena or the you know something like that, um, then he could do field dressing. Everybody get out there with their their field dressing gear on and and bring knives and stuff like that. I think everyone, that's really good. Every, you everyone bring your own bars. dead animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> like a fun wedding. <laughs> well, so you where are is this? What, Minister what Trash Panda. Yeah, he is. Minister, Reverend. Reverend, you know, whatever. Yeah. The right Reverend Trash Panda. So what <laughs> have they, are you allowed to tell us what the bride and groom have asked you to say? What will be part of your, or have you, besides say, they, turning turning to your friend and saying, and you, you lucky bastard, you, you take this, <laughs> they, you uh, your They coverage. actually left. They actually didn't give me any, like necessarily anything that they that I have to say. I mean, they wrote their own vows, so I didn't have to take care of that part at all. So I came up with, you know, a nice opening speech about the about about them, and that's pretty much you know a nice story or two that I'm gonna that I'm gonna fit in there, and that's pretty much it. I mean, they didn't give me anything. They had enough other, you know. Weddings are busy enough without having to worry about telling me what to do. Like as long as they end up married and I, and I don't stumble over myself up there, you know, it should be should be fine. Will the uh, trash panda parents be in effect, and how do they feel about you marrying somebody? <laughs> I I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna be here. They oh, okay. they know the couple. I think they've maybe met them once, but no, they 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 weren't on the invite list. But I mean, I, 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 oh, I told them that I'm marrying these two, and they didn't have any objections. They seem to think I'm responsible enough. I don't know why. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because sweet, sweet put upon Alice is too worried about making sure that that Shooter isn't in, hitting anything but a trash panda out the window. So I think <laughs> yeah, exactly. she's got yeah. other she's things got enough, on her mind. Yeah, she's got enough to worry about. Okay. Well, uh, we'll look forward to to. Having you regale us with stories in the uh, in the wedding post game show, see how you, how you did as the efficient, and I I might suggest that you drop in a a, a mention of a website, trashpandamarriesyou.com kind of thing, <laughs> in, in you in your in your presentation today when you're up there and you got the the bully pulpits as it were, and well, now I, I got to go make sure that that URL is available. Um, I would I would do that hurry because I think some of the people are watching to do that. <laughs> someone's gonna does, someone's uh, gonna swoop it up. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck on that, and thanks thanks for showing up for part of Saturday on Saturday Suckage Trash Panda. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, guys. All right. See you, uh, that's that's Trash Panda. Adam Stadzinski is gonna. I was knocked over when I heard that he's performing. He's officiating. That's amazing. A wedding, Mark. That's just this is good to have in our back pocket, though, because, you know, if you or I meet a lovely lady and we just want to get things rolling really quickly, just be like, hey, Trash Panda, is it possible next Thursday you could perform uh, <laughs> an efficiency next... for us? 
How about during the the eleven forty commercial break? Can you do that, Crash Panda? Yeah. How long does this actually take? He could, right. based on what based on what he said. If we were if we had if we had any sense of a female person, it doesn't even need to be female. If if you and I were to get married, we'd be in the studio and he'd be on the other side. He said all we'd have to do is is be there voluntarily, not be forced, not a shotgun wedding. And um, and he'd legally declare us man and wife. That's all in these. That happen. would be amazing. We could. Let's do, think we about could, that. We could you have Trash Panda marry people in studio. Oh my God! This is this is this could open up an entirely right. new thing their, at the score. Or renew their Absolutely. vows. Yeah, Trash Panda marries you. And a would you be willing? Texture. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. no go ahead. Went, go ahead. Trash Panda um, prompted this from the seven seven three Texter, wondering. Will he be dressed as a panda? <laughs> that would be so great. Because he's licensed whether he's costumed or not. Right? We have to remember, I'm going to write this down to make sure we ask him on Monday when we do the, the five-hour suckathon. Yeah, he better he better book a lot of guests that day. You know, it's on him because if he doesn't book a lot of guests, he's got to listen to us for five hours. So right. that's... That's on him. By the way, by the way, can I can I offer a tease to to Monday? Yeah, if I please. might on our second yeah, one. Yeah, man. So you were sitting in, in case people missed it. What I heard, I know we're going to do what Mark heard later, but what I heard mm-hmm. this week was Mark Grody sitting in with David Haw. Yes, on Friday yesterday for yep. for Molly, yeah. And somehow it came up. <clears throat> I think it was in transition, but discussion of country music <clears throat> and stuff like that. Right? You guys are discussing music. Yeah, yeah. David Hawes, a big country music fan. Yes. Right. So I, there's something that struck me, something from my distant past that struck me, that I will bring to the program that hopefully Ooh. will pro- provide much mirth and jocularity and interest, and it involves um, one of the, it involves a one of the all-time, one of the best-known sports teams ever. And um, it recalls a different era. So I will bring that Monday. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Haw was a big-time country music jock back in the day in a, in a small town. But he was, like, he was it, man. He was, you know, rolling country records. And now I'm trying to get him in at, at US 99, like have him do, like, a Saturday shift. And he, he it sounds like he, he is shunning that so far. Because, you know, he's got the whole Monday through Friday thing and doesn't really feel like he needs to work on a Saturday. But his but roots does. are in country, you know. But so he works on time. a Saturday. He's got Bruce. He's got Woodrow. Well, okay? I guess that I guess I guess he doesn't want two shows <laughs> on a Saturday. He doesn't want a Saturday morning and a Saturday night. But, you know, it's just something I learned about David. And it's time to we need to exploit his his even even more talents that he apparently has, and it's it's time to it's time to get those out there. What would he say if we made him choose if the, the choice? And remember, death is not an option. Chris Stapleton or Bruce Levine? That's how you spend your Saturday. <laughs> I go Chris Stapleton. Yeah, me too. I saw yeah. him open for you? Petty, and yeah, oh yeah. He's good. He kind of rocks, you know. Like I'm starting to like country a little bit, and it's because of guys like Chris Stapleton, because he just kind of rocks. 
Yeah, more it's it is it is severe. It is heavy stuff. It is Yeah. He's he's emptying the magazine when he plays and I I loved that when I heard it. I'd never heard him before. No doubt. You hear heard him live like who So yeah. anyways, we we were discussing the the horrible embarrassing Cubs who are an embarrassment top to bottom. Let's talk about the other team in town that is a that is an organizational success. And one kid after another just keeps coming back. And we're going to bring that to you. And guess what? It's what? only July 3rd. But the quote of the year, a quote of the month is already over. The voting's done. It's over. Close down the month. It's over in July, just like it was in June, just like it was in May, all because of a White Sox player. So we will take a break and we'll come back with all that professional radio tease which kind of really sucked, as that last segment did. But this is Saturday Suckage. <laughs> we suck so you don't have to. And we're working overtime on a holiday weekend because we're givers, not takers. We're, we're pleasers, not teasers. Right, Mark? That's, That's right. us. That's right, yeah. Steve. That's right. Always. That's Always. Yeah. Right. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Center field. He can't Cameron can't it. find it. It's down. Berger drops it into right field. And Jake Berger on a ball that got lost in the lights that Cameron needed a compass for. Berger has his first major league hit in Detroit on a ball that just disappeared in the lights and he ends up at second base. That was a moment. He would have another hit, that Jake Berger guy. The White Sox just keep calling up players. They just keep producing injury after injury to what you thought was a World Series core. And it turns out that core just keeps getting bigger. And the old adage, actually, I heard it my first round of baseball beat. And Reggie Jackson said, it's going to take 35 to 40 players to win a World Series, not 25. And mm. now you're seeing examples of that. But that wasn't your normal parachute in single and and a legit a more legitimate single a harder hit single and later on that was a moment that that could bring there is crying in baseball when you see that when you know what Jake Berger went through three years um, I don't know almost three and a half years ago Berger tore his left Achilles tendon running down to first <clears throat> spring training like you just dread all that. And guess what? He did it again months after that. It's hard enough to come back from one Achilles. He's coming back from two. Yeah. And, and, and since everybody was saying how tough it is to come back from one, and now he's done it twice, he's walking around trying to learn to walk again and trying to go to, to erase the anxiety, the hate, the frustration, the PTSD from his head. So, he didn't have a 2018 season. 2019, he had tendonitis, a bruised heel, an array of setbacks. These were all listed by J.R. Fegan in The Athletic. And it just seemed there was nothing. Whatever progress he made, there were, there were three hobbles backward. And then, he, played, he was playing in a collegiate pro mixed league the, for the normal corn belters. And he, were, he had no pain. And he's starting to hit, and it all sounds good. And he talked Chris Getz of the White Sox into a, a gig 
at the alternate site. And so to fast forward, when Yohan Moncada hurt him, got hurt, they needed somebody. They called Jake Berger. And Jake Berger, family in front of him, went two for four in his debut. And as wonderful as that was, when you know the back, backdrop, this, this post-game interview with just an exquisite example of minimal questioning by Jason Benetti and the answers given by Jake Berger on NBC Sports Chicago yielded this. Jake, why are you so emotional about this? You know, the last three years, um, you know, I, I definitely thought about quitting multiple times. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, I, it, it means a lot to me and my family's here and uh, you know it means more to them um, and I, I'm happy I could do this for them and um, it's just <laughs> you know I, I can't I can't I can't put words at it I, I mean I can't even speak <laughs> why didn't you quit uh, my, my parents told me you know what don't don't regret anything in life um, and and if you quit you're gonna regret it so you know, keep on keeping on, keep pushing, and, um, you know, ultimately things are going to turn. I mean, sure enough, they were right. I, You know, I never would imagine this this would be what it is, but, um, you know, I, they were right. I love that. Well, what's really cool about it, too, is even if Jake Berger never played another game in MLB after that, and he will play another game in MLB today, but just to have had that moment coming back from from what he did is amazing. Because quite frankly, Jake Berger became not a not a joke, but it, it felt like that because of the severe injuries and this 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 guy who was drafted highly by the Sox and like it never thought you would see him. It just like every time there was Jake Berger news, it was a horrible injury, and to make it the way he did is pretty amazing. And I for one am very glad that he ended up getting that hit in the ninth inning, the the little liner to, to right field, and that because I, I like of course it was a hit the the first one in the seventh inning, but Daz Cameron, Daz of the Camerons, uh-huh. lost that ball in the lights and it just didn't feel legit. You know what I mean? It was legit, but it didn't feel legit. So to then to get the the hit in the ninth inning, that felt pretty cool. And he scored a run too. Yeah. Yeah, that's he, he had himself a ball game and it was in you had Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, and Andrew Vaughn ignite late. Three kids from the Sox were doing what veterans from the Cubs could not do. Again, there's such a stark contrast by what's happened, what happened last night and what the culmination was. The Sox, organizationally, they call up guys, the guys produce. And you're talking about hitting right-handed hit pitching for, for, um, for Andrew Vaughn. And if, if Sheets is that... Sheets is that Chris Campa, Kampka came up with a stat about Gavin Sheets, the first player in White Sox history with a hit and RBI in each of his four career major league games. He's the first with an extra base hit in each of his first four career major league games. And that's just, they're producing is what they're doing. That farm system, the, 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 the organization is bringing guys up and bringing guys up and they're producing and you have every reason to believe this this is a year of sustained success and 
it, it was just a, a, a terrific, they're joining all his friends, Jake Berger, joining all his friends. But I got a kick out of it. The, uh, Jake Berger was on Inside the Clubhouse. We'll replay that later on. He was on with David Hahn, Bruce Levine. And as they discussed one of the side notes to Jake Berger joining the White Sox, as a kid, he's a St. Louis kid. So as a right. St. Louis kid, he was at Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, which ended up being Tony La Russa's last title. Now... Tony Russo is putting his name on the lineup card. It's 2011. You're a kid growing up in St. Louis. You're at the World Series Game 6. Tony La Russa is the manager of that Cardinals team. Tony La Russa, the Hall of Famer. And now, now he's the guy putting your name in the lineup card. When you walked into the clubhouse last night, when you were in the dugout, did you have a pinch me, uh, is this real moment when you looked over and you saw Tony La Russa as your manager? Yeah, I mean, that was that was special. It was really cool to have that experience with him. And uh, I still haven't talked to him about game six, but I'm going to at some point. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at, at this point, we're just we're focused on winning games for the White Sox. So, um, you know, that it, it makes it simple just just doing that. That's Jake Berger uh, on Inside the Clubhouse earlier. But here's something else to that. The. He's now teammates with the guy who pitched the eighth inning of that clincher, Lance Lynn. So Jake Berger could tell Lance Lynn he used to watch him pitch when he was a kid. He could walk up to him and do that. And Lance Lynn seems like the type of guy who, if you said that to him, he'd just stare you down and maybe yes. punch you. Maybe punch you in the shoulder, like a good like a good shoulder hack. Uh, yeah. yeah. Weird, Lynn, weird game for Lynn, huh? Like, well, good, was, but he walked five guys last night, right. but he kept getting out of the trouble. And and I think it was a good, grinding game. I mean, they, he's the reason they had the chance to, the, that all the kids could do something late. He's the reason they could they could bust out. I mean, that that the, the, the six runs after, you know, he pitched seven innings that were terrific. And then you're watching Sheets and, and Vaughn and, and Berger hit, score, whatever they're going to contribute, you you watch that because Lance Lynn threw 117 pitches. And that's what I said. This, that is the point. He was asked the question afterwards, and this is why the quote of the month for July is over. So he throws 117 pitches, and he's asked how he knows he's up. He's up to the task of throwing 117 pitches. I'm a big bastard. That's how I know. That's what he said. Now let's recall. I hadn't heard that. Oh yes, let's recall. In June, he won the quote of the month title because he was asked if the series against the uh, powerful Rays was a challenge, and his answer: It's June. No one gives a bleep. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that works. I I that Uh stuck with me. And we go back to May, and we remember. Tony La Russa's, you know, absolute idiotic, you know, respect for the game crap. And the discussion, again, of the horrifyingly stupid unwritten rules. And Lynn gets asked about it. And when when uh, Williams' studio was pitching and Mercedes hit the 3-0 pitch and unwritten rules, and, and Lynn says, if a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. Lance Lynn wins every month. He wins. 
Spot on, great. man. Yeah. Maybe the uh, maybe the most important play of the entire game though was was Mr. Vaughn, like a legit, terrific diving catch in the seventh inning with a man on side. I believe it was a two-one game at that time, and it was a terrific catch. And and Vaughn, like we haven't had to talk about him much of as as far as his defense is concerned because it's been good enough throughout the whole year. So I don't know if that's where he is ultimately, but it, he's been fine. Yes, and, and better than fine. And, and actually, Tony Russo said that early. He said he's, he's caught on to this a lot quicker, than we, and he's a lot better than you might think. And, and that's turned out to be true, and it was a terrific catch. That he's, he's just, again, the White Sox are producing. The kids are, the system is producing players who can play baseball. Give me one. Yeah. Give me Vaughn. There we go. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you fat. We're going to give you Rick Camp next, part of the I'm Fat podcast, celebrating their 100th podcast, he and Jay Zawoski. They have, Rick just sent us, he texted us a picture of the greatness of their hamburger at Fredo's in Schaumburg, F-R-A-T-O apostrophe S. This is an unbelievable hamburger, and guess what? It comes in a pizza, too. So we'll talk about that, and we'll find out what the I'm Fat podcast thinks about competitive eating, because this is the weekend of the hot dog eating contest on Coney Island, and we will discuss that with Rick, because it's it's a weekend of gluttony, grilled gluttony, most likely, and we're going to start with the gluttony that is pictured on my my text string now, thanks to Rick Camp and the I'm Fat Podcast. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And those 117 pitch outings, obviously you can't do them every time out or probably don't want to, but um, how do you know that you're, you're able to do that? I'm a big bastard. That's how I know. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.